Let us go before the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before the throne this morning again, Lord, to worship you, to worship your Son, our Lord and Savior, for he is God and worthy of all praise and honor. For riches and glory belong to him and even salvation of his people. And we come as those that have been redeemed, those in whom he has put his spirit, the spirit of grace, the spirit of supplication, the spirit as down payment, as guarantee of our salvation that is later to be revealed in his fullness when the Lord returns. Lord, we thank you for this hour of allowing us time and understanding to go into your word and hear what says the Spirit and hear what you would have us to understand about Christ and the work of salvation. We have to know how we came to say Christ is Lord, for not all have been given the ability to recognize Christ, to see him, to believe in him, is not the work of man, but your work through your spirit. And we thank you, Lord, for your grace in giving us your spirit, that we may see the things of Christ. And now, Lord, we pray for understanding for myself and those that are hearing and those that shall hear. Lord, may you be glorified in this. Help me to preach the things of Christ. Pray in his precious name. Amen. We are still with Nicodemus, our friend and brother. And that means we are still in the book of John chapter 3. And today we are going to be working through verses 9 to 16. And what that means is that we have two sermons. One is titled, How Can These Things Be? And the other one is, Just As Moses Lifted Up the Bronze Serpent. Just As Moses. We are going to tie these things together. If you go back and listen to all the teaching that we have had in the book of John, there's actually one central theme so far. We have had so much teaching on the new birth. The new birth is referenced in almost all of our sermons for the past 10, 15 sermons. Because when John begins his gospel and tells us who Jesus is, he begins with telling us the work of God in creation and in the new creation. And what we see going from John chapter 1 into chapter 2, the turning of water into wine, into the discussion with Nicodemus, is just an application of the teaching of the new creation. The new birth is central, is very 
important work in the salvation of God's people. And Jesus today is going to teach us through Nicodemus how men actually get born again. He's going to show us how anyone who is born in spiritual darkness comes to the point of acknowledging and recognizing Jesus for who he is. Because when we talk about salvation, salvation ultimately, according to the theology of Jesus and the teaching of Apostle John, it comes down to who do you say Jesus is? And you can't make that confession of who Christ is outside a new birth. You can't say the correct things about Jesus unless you have been born again. And for you to be born again, that has to come from the hands of God himself. He is the one through Jesus Christ who has performed the work of the new creation. And this is important for us to acknowledge because if we don't acknowledge the person of Christ, we also will tend not to acknowledge the work of Christ. The work is only effectual. The work of Christ only serves because of the nature of the person of Christ. So for us to be able to make a correct confession of the person of Christ, we have to be born again. And that's what Jesus has been telling Nicodemus in this discussion so far. And Jesus is going to continue with this conversation. And we're going to continue learning what Jesus would have us also to understand from that conversation. So John 3, 9 to 16. This is what he reads. Nicodemus answered and said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said to him, Are you the teacher of Israel and do not know these things? Most assuredly, I say to you, We speak what we know and testify what we have seen, and you do not receive our witness. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? Verse 18. No one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven, that is, the Son of Man who is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son, must the son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Nicodemus has come this far and tried to make a testimony of Jesus. But Jesus refused his testimony. Jesus Refuse the testimony that comes from a sinful man. Jesus has absolutely denied that Nicodemus or any other man for that matter, any other man under heaven, 
can make a proper evaluation of him as to receive or see or believe in Christ by their own mind, by their own will, by their own reasoning or their own understanding. Why? Because Jesus is not of this world. Jesus is not of this world and the world cannot receive him because they do not know him. The children of darkness cannot see the light of Christ. They can't come to him to believe in him. Why? Because they are bound by sin and darkness. So what has to happen? What has to happen to Nicodemus or you or myself that we may see Christ? Jesus said to Nicodemus, you must be born again. Because if things remain the same, you shall remain in the flesh. If things remain the same, you shall remain in the flesh. And Jesus said, the flesh profits nothing. The flesh profits nothing. The flesh can only lead one to death unless the spirit comes and gives life. So the flesh is the sinful human nature. The flesh is everything whose origin is from here. It's everything that is coming after the fallen Adam. The flesh is a nature that is under the power of sin. And we know that the wages of sin is death. The end result of sin is death. And death is separation from communion with God, from the grace of God, from the blessings of God in Christ Jesus. One needs a new birth. But this is not in the power of sinners to determine, to will, or to do. It is a work that only God can perform and has to perform if anyone has to come to Christ. There is no one who can come to Christ unless they are born again. And, as I said, this is the work of God in Christ alone. Men don't get this. Men don't hear this. You don't get born again by making an altar call. You get born again by the sovereign will and determination of God. And if it is the work of God, then it means it is not under the control of sinners. And if it is the work of God alone, it means it comes to you only by grace. And if it is the work of God alone, it means that he does not bestow the gift on everyone. And if it is the work of God alone, it means God chooses who gets saved and who does not. And this is not because of any difference in man. For we know from the scriptures that all men are the same lamp. They are the same lamp 
of sin. All men are born under sin. So there's no difference in men. So the difference comes and can only come from God. As Apostle Paul would say, who makes you to differ? Who makes men to differ? It's God. So if you believe in Christ, it's because God has made you to differ. He has done some work on you for you that he did not do for the other person. So all men are born sinners and are therefore subject to the same law of sin and death. That's why all men die because it's the same law of sin and death that is operational on all men. So all men are the children of the flesh. So this also says that God only bestows the gift of the new birth only on those that he chose in Christ before the foundation of the world. There are a lot of implications that come from what Jesus said. If you have to be born again to believe, then it means those who believe have been born again, which means God chose them. If one needs to be born again to believe in Christ, it means one cannot believe without being born again. You cannot believe in the person of Jesus Christ for who he is as God the Son and fully man unless you are born again. And this is not saying that you are not going to church. This is not saying you are not going to a Jehovah's Witness or a Mormon or you have some identification that may appear as Christian as long as your confession is not Jesus is the son of God the one who is God the son the eternal son of God and fully man then you are not talking about the Christ of John and if one believes in Christ it means it was not by their choice or will that they believe, but by God's doing. And what does that mean? It means that we are helpless as sinners. As sinners, we are helpless before God, but unbelieving sinners do not feel helpless. The ones who are born again feel helpless before God because they have been mad to be aware that they are sinners who are worthy of death. So they run to Christ. Unbelieving sinners do not feel helpless until they go to hell. When they get to hell, that's the first time that they feel their real need. Real need. Our real need is not heating. It's not having a car. Our real need is salvation. Our real need is righteousness. As we know, the rich man, for the first time, he opened his eyes and he was in hell and he realized that for the first time he was in real need. His money could not buy him out of hell. And then he is thirsting for a drop of water. He's thirsting for a drop of water. Why? Because all this time he was 
self-sufficient. So it's only those who are born again who realize that they have a need that they cannot meet by their own doing. So the ones who feel helpless in Christ are the ones who have been born again. So the one who is born again is aware of their diseased condition. The one who is born again is aware of their spiritual diseased condition. And to be born again reveals to the person that their house is on fire and they need to get out fast and call for help. It tells them that they are soon to die, but with a disease that has power beyond the grave. The disease that men have not only sends them to the grave, but it has power to follow them after the grave. And this disease no man is able to treat. If our only problem was that we get sick and die, and that was the end of the story, then there will be no business worrying about righteousness. But because we live beyond the grave, we have to carry with ourselves righteousness. And we need righteousness. We don't have righteousness. The righteousness that we need, we're going to need now, and especially beyond the grave when we have to meet with the Lord. So being born again tells one that they are desperately in need of righteousness, which is not their own. It's not just telling you that you are in need of righteousness. We have these other religions that tell you that you can have righteousness. But as long as they are thinking that they can work that righteousness by their doing, it means they are not born again. Because one of the results of being born again is to show you that you need a righteousness which is not your own. You need to be looking to someone to get that righteousness. And they also realize that whatever righteousness that you have is not enough and it can only condemn you. The righteousness that you can work in yourself is not enough and it can only condemn you. The one who is born again realizes that they are naked and that their fig leaves are not enough to cover their shame and nakedness. It tells them that they need to run to Jesus. They need to run to Jesus. They need to run to Jesus because he alone is the true physician of both the body and the spirit. Because he has power over both the body and the spirit. He can destroy both in hell. So to be born again makes one behave like the Syrophoenician woman, the Canaanite woman. In Matthew 15, 21 to 28, there has to be some identifying markers of one who is born again. And we see here 
in Matthew 15, 21, 28, 21 to 28, a picture of one who is in desperation. They are in desperation in the face of Jesus. They are desperation in the face of Jesus. Here, verses 21 to 28 from Matthew 15. Then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and aged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she said, Yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. The person who is born again comes and worships the Lord. The person who is born again comes and worships the Lord. And they beg him and say, Lord, help me. Lord Jesus, help me. I am a sinner. I need help. The woman had a problem that no person could help her with. Her daughter was demon-possessed. And so, when she heard about Jesus, she sought the help of the Lord. And as long as men are not born again, they will never see that they have a problem. They will never see that they have a problem that they don't have a solution to. You have to have a problem and also you have to realize that you don't have a solution to your problem. They will think that everything is okay with them and Jesus will just remain just some name of some person that religious fanatics like ourselves talk about. But the one who has been born again runs to the Lord and if the Lord says, it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs, they continue knocking and bugging Jesus still. They say, yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. See what the woman did not say. The woman did not go crazy and say, What's wrong with you, Jesus? Who are you calling a dog? Rather, she submits because she knows her desperate situation. And she agrees with Jesus that she is a little dog. 
And she also knows that Jesus is the only one who can help her. So she says, yes, Lord, I am a little dog. Yes, Lord, I am everything that you have said about me. I'm even worse than a dog. And I am willing to eat from the crumbs which fall from your table, from the master's table. I am worthless. I am just a little dog that can't bite anybody. I am useless as a person. So what is that saying? It is saying that one who is born again realizes that they are nothing and if they have to live, they are willing and they are made willing to eat the crumbs from Jesus' table. Because the crumbs that comes from the Lord's table are better than the riches of this world. The crumbs from the Lord's table give life and deliverance from hopelessness. And Jesus is saying the healing of your daughter is just like a crumb that's falling from my table of blessedness. And they do not argue with Jesus. They do not argue for their rights or get offended because Jesus called them something bad. Something that is not agreeable with their sensibilities. Those who have been born again, when they are told that they are sinners, they say, praise the Lord. They don't get offended. I am yet to see those who truly have been born again get offended when they hear that they are sinners. They struggle with their sin, but they know that they are sinners and they need help from the Lord. So Nicodemus is receiving this lesson from Jesus. And this is a hard saying to Nicodemus as it is to all sinners. Sinners. 